contradiction of figuring out faith. <clears throat> you cannot figure God out. You have to faith God out. And so faith is a believing concept. Figuring is a thinking concept. And so if you believe God, you don't have to think about the process. You can flow with the process. Anybody ever get in a process you don't like? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we will fight against the process because we don't understand the process and we try to figure out the process. And the more you figure it out, the more confused you get. But when you just mess up and believe God, things just start flowing. So I want to really talk to you guys about this first relationship, because if you can get the first relationship down, <clears throat> then we could become the church. So the first relationship in verse 37, it talks about loving God. That is a vertical relationship. Okay. The second one is loving one another. That is a horizontal relationship. Two relationships define the cross. But first, we have to get our relationship right with God. Amen. You can't tiptoe on God. You know, you give him a little bit of you when you want to. And then when things become all right, you want to relax and make it more about you. And, and, and so what happens is the Holy Spirit is working in us. And when we're focused on what he's doing, the process of him sanctifying us is working. We become one with him. And when you start thinking about what you want, that is a in, the enemy trying to break you out of <clears throat> the holiness of God. And it's trying to stop the process of sanctification. That is called adultery. Anything that's going that you put time in in your process of thought, <clears throat> you're thinking about other than God. It is idolatry. Idolatry. Do you know that you can be uh, operating in adult adultery with something you don't even like? Yeah, I, I call that foolishness. But, but that's what God's wisdom, see, we, we, we're foolish without God. We need his wisdom. Now, let me tell you how foolish we are. And I told, I just explained something to you. Then we're going to get in the Bible. Is that something that happened to you and you spend more time, it's bad, and you spend more time talking about how bad that was than how good God's going to make it. Huh? And when you are idolizing your trouble, who does that? Isn't that something? We do that because the enemy is so deceptive and, and he's so crafty at deceiving us. But God's word is sanctifying us and he is changing our mind tonight. So that whatever happens. You're going to hop in your vehicle of faith and say, God's going to work this out. And you're going to press on the gas and you're going to leave all that behind you so you can hurry up and get to what he's already done for you. Anybody ready to get on the accelerator? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and throw our brakes out.
the window so God can have his way with us. <clears throat> Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Paul writes to this church. Of Corinth. It was during a time when. Aquila and uh, Priscilla had been under the leadership and there was problem in the church because of the culture of the city. And so the people started focusing on what was going on in the culture of the city and trouble got in the church. And I believe that we, our, God wants to bring our attention more to what's going on with him than what's going on around us. Amen. I mean, you know, God's in control. <clears throat> and so, and so we were um, place our synergy on God. In the beginning, in the beginning, all right. So, so God, that's what's going to be our focus. Where are, where are our eyes right now? Our eyes are on, don't take them off. All right, don't take them off. No matter what the world is doing. <clears throat> the church had got in trouble because they had taken their eyes off of God and put their eyes on what was going on in the culture of their neighborhood, their city. And so <clears throat> there was a lot of falling away from the church and they were bringing sin into the church because people were accepting what the culture was trying to put in it. You know, there are so many laws that are being passed right now. A lot of laws that we, a few of them we were able to stop last week, but these assembly bills are trying to go up under the radar. <clears throat> but what they're trying to do is put it in a place to where the, the culture accepts anything. And if, the, if it's the law, the, then people say because it's the law, you're supposed to do it. Okay. But we're not up under the law. We are under grace. Amen. And so we have to know and understand that we have to be in right relationship with God. If we're in love with God, that changes everything. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Verse number All right, so Paul, Paul called, okay? Paul called to be an apostle, okay? Paul was called to ch start churches. He was called to do it. God used him to do it, right? And so he starts this church at Corinth and says, to <clears throat> the apostles of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes 
our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. I want to know if you're sanctified in Christ Jesus. Okay, mm -hmm. so you didn't clean you up, all right? It is the blood of Christ that is cleaning you up. Amen. <clears throat> Called to be saints by with all who in every place called on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. How many of you call on the name of Jesus? All right. So then Paul says this in verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how Paul presents the truth. There was a problem and he came in and he buttered the bread. In other words, he didn't come in saying this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong. He says grace and peace be unto you. We were all clean. by Je In other words, he's not here to point a finger. Paul's here to correct the problem, bring the solution, who is Jesus Christ. And if we all believe that Jesus is the one that is perfecting us, if Jesus is the one that is cleaning us up, then we could get our eyes on Jesus and then that will happen for us. Amen. So then he says, verse number four. Mm-hmm. Okay, then he says, I thank my God always concerning <clears throat> you for the grace, for the grace of God which was given to you by which Christ Jesus, <clears throat> by Christ Jesus. So the first gift that we need to know and understand that we have is grace. Now, if God gave you grace, can you give somebody else grace? Yeah, the whole church should have said, yes. <laughs> because that is a problem in the relationships that we have with one another. We can accept grace from God, but it's hard to give grace to somebody else when they mess up, especially if they hurt you. So by embracing your relationship with God, you will become a grace giver. Amen. Now, when we become grace givers like God, we are flowing with God and the church will flow with God. And it's time out for the church being stagnant because of issues in the church. Everybody who walks in this church tonight has issues. But we won't focus on the issues because our eyes are on. All right. So he says, which was given to you. So we got grace. And then he says, verse number five. Okay, stop right there. He says that you were enriched in everything. By who? Okay, so Christ gave you grace. And then he enriched you. He made every worthless part about you become valuable. In the eyes of God, why? Because his 
spirit now dwells in you, and his spirit changed everything, which means that everything that was wrong now becomes right when he comes into you. God no longer looks at the what was wrong with you because all he sees is Christ's finished work that's already in you. So he enriches the one that say, that call on the name of the Lord. It says that he, he enriched us with everything. What does that mean, everything? That, exactly. You already, you've already been enriched. The issue is believing it and then flowing in it. And there's no way to flow in it unless you are in him. He in you and you in him. And the only way to, for you to allow that to happen is you're going to have to give him all your love. John 17, 21, put that on the board. It says that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one where? In us. So he says <clears throat> that he's enriched us with everything and with all utterance. And then how has he enriched us by depositing his spirit in us? And that spirit that is in us needs to be back into him. And so he talks about that just as they are one, that we need to be one with him. And you cannot take all of your thoughts and all what you want to do and how you used to be and what you desire into him. He brings desires into you. And so if you accept him for being who he is, then you begin to flow in him. It is when you start focusing on what you want and what you desire, then you cannot operate in him. A lot of us desire to be mad. That's crazy, but you do. You have a choice. You have a choice sometimes, oh, this is, going, this is irritating. Well, it's irritating if you choose to be irritated. It's a choice. And all we have to do is be in him, and then he gets our mind right. So is it just a little talk with Jesus, right? Tell him all about your troubles. Right? And he, it always, he, it all, just, just one little talk with Jesus changes everything. He said, <clears throat> and, and he said, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be 
one. Amen. All right, let's go back. Go back over to First Corinthians. I, I want to get to a couple of points here. So he says that he's <clears throat> given them all, all utterance and all and all knowledge, and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. He has given you all knowledge, which means that his knowledge is now in you. You listen, you you have the mind of Christ in you. His spirit is in you, you have the mind of Christ in you. His spirit is in you, you have the mind of Christ in you. Amen. His spirit is in you. The problem is your spirit in you too. That's why it says you have to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Because there is a challenge every day. Paul says that there is a constant battle going on between me and the spirit of God. Paul was pretty smart, though. Paul said, although I will to do right, evil's ever present, so I'm just going to let everything go and just be a slave to God. No matter what it looks like to everybody else, you can lock me up, you can beat me like a dog, no matter what you do to me, I still belong to God. I'm going to let the love of God be my number one priority. So, he says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, when you said, yes, Lord, that was it. That, listen, you had to say yes, Lord, because the spirit was making utterance through you. Huh? That's when he says, I've given you all utterance. Because even when you don't know how to pray, your spirit will get begin to pray for you. You are a powerful prayer warrior, especially when you don't pray out loud because no demon can hear you pray. But God can hear your utterance. God can hear even when you don't say nothing out of your mouth, God hears your prayer. God knows the thought that got pumped from your heart that went to your mind before it hit your mind. God said, I see it coming. We have the spirit of God dwelling in us. How many of you are in love with that spirit? Because there's other spirits that are hovering in the earth realm. Very deceptive spirits. Spirits that will dress up one way to try to get you to look another way. Spirits that try to look, get you to look at what you used to like. And if you are not embracing the spirit of God, you will fall for a spirit of a devil. Amen. So 
know, so 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 how 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 do we not Here's how, here's how. And in the beginning I said all eyes where? The enemy will try to get you to look at every any and everything. But you have to look at God. No matter what's going on in your life, God is ultimately working on your behalf. Everything could be going wrong in the city, but God is still working on your behalf. Everything could be going wrong in the, at work, but God is still working on your behalf. And the enemy tries to get you to think otherwise. You know how you could be having a good day? And somebody could just say something crazy. And it tried to take you to a whole different other and you allow it sometimes. Why? Because you are trying God to choice. I'm so glad God named me Felix. Because Felix means happy and generous. And so if I, if I don't got nothing else to think about, I'll think about my name and just get happy anyway. <clears throat> it's, what, what's it says? It says, you were enriched with everything in him. And we have all utterance, and we have all knowledge. I got all knowledge. Now, if we have all knowledge, that means we have the mind of Christ. Am I right? That was a gift to us, right? Paul says we have all knowledge. Philippians 2 and 5. <clears throat> Philippians. <clears throat> you got Corinthians. Oh, there he is. Okay. Okay, so, 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 what does it say? Read, read again. Read it one more time. All right. What does it say? Okay. So, so now let's look at it. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Go ahead, go sit down. Go, go ahead, go sit down. There's a seat. It's yours. Go have a seat. How come he can't sit down? Because I won't let him go. Somebody say let. let. Go ahead. The, the issue of the mind of Christ being in full effect in your life is you won't let it 
have full effect. So Paul says this. He says, let go of your own mind so that the mind of Christ can be full in full effect. And the issue becomes, we don't want to let go of our way of thinking when we don't feel like it. How many of you, you know, sometimes you get mad and you want to stay mad? Knowing, I, I can't believe this happened. It already happened. Let it go. It's over. But you don't want to let it go because you're used to it. You're used to holding on to stuff of the world, and that stuff is making you become your own God instead of letting God have all your love, and no matter what happened, just let his mind work it out. Let this mind be in you. The, we already have all the knowledge of God. If we would let go of our own way of thinking, then the mind of Christ will take full effect. Mm -hmm. You know how it is? Uh, I can't believe they're just coming against me. Well, guess what? They came against Jesus. Right? They lied on Jesus. They, they, they talked about, they spent on Jesus. They deserted Jesus. But Jesus continued, and what he did had great victory. Why? Because not only did he rise, but because of what he did, he took a whole lot of us with him. How many are ready to take a whole lot more with you? Oh, so then we understand that part of the reason that we go through so much stuff is so that God can use you to take us victory. But we can't get there until we embrace faith wholeheartedly. How many of you love that? Okay, verse number six, or verse number seven. Okay, so it says you come behind in no gift. You're not short in no gift. You have every gift already. Everything that you need for godly living. And you are one choice away every moment. How many choices you got? One choice. That's it. 50% of the time you're going to get it right. But the whole issue is, if you are 100% in love with God, you will get it 100% right. Okay, let's go. Verse number nine. Eight, eight. That you may be what? Okay, so who's doing this? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is doing everything in you. Listen, God loved you so much that he said, I want to establish a relationship with you. 
He said, I had a relationship with Adam. I walked with Abraham. I kicked it with Isaac. I hung out and wrestled with Jacob. But with you, I'm going to come and live inside of you. Because I want an absolute relationship that cannot fail. And man can fail. So I'm going to get inside of you and clean you. Because if I do the work, the relationship has to stay intact. That's why you cannot get away from God no matter what. His love is so great for you that even when you don't embrace him with your whole heart, he will put something in your life that will hurt you and make you run to him. Because he wants all of you so that he can use you to glorify him. How many of you are ready to give God all the glory for your life? And so he, he, he says, I have to do it in such a way that man cannot fail. You could fall, but you can't fail. that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord. And so Christ is sanctifying us. Can you put Hebrews 10 and 14 on the board? And we're going to stay in Hebrews for a minute before we finish the last verse that I want to talk about. Corinthians. Ten fourteen. God says, I'll give you my spirit, and his spirit is doing all the work. So verse 14 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He's talking about us. Everyone who has Jesus in them, you are being sanctified. Right now, you are being sanctified because word is attaching to your spirit. And when the word attaches to your spirit, it begins to clean areas that you don't even know need to be cleaned. And God is, is refining you. He is burning out things that are not of him so that his spirit can make you the perfected man that he has already called you to be. And so he says, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, uh, he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and <clears throat> and in their minds and i will write them then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more now where there is remission of these there is no longer an offering for sin and so he said once jesus did what he did and we received his spirit, there's no more offering for sin. The blood will just come and cleanse you. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus and by the, the new and living way which he has consecrated us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil, con evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to our confession, our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God says, I started a relationship with you, and I'm going to keep on cleansing you with my spirit. Listen, because his commandment is that you love them with your whole heart, with all your mind and with all your soul. And God said, my spirit is going to do that work on you. And all I want you to do is keep your eyes on me. If you keep your eyes on me, I'll do all the work for you. The moment you take your eyes off of me, it delays my work for a little while, and I have to get your attention again. But while your eyes is on me, I will continue to work on you and watch every area about you and bring you to the perfection I've called you to. And this is because he wants a relationship with us. And what he wants, he gets. Go back to Corinthians and we'll close out with verse number nine, our, our theme verse. In this teaching tonight, Paul, Paul concludes it. We there? It says, God is faithful by whom you were called into what? Mm-hmm. So, God wanted fellowship with you. You. He wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. He don't want you to come to church on Sunday. He wants you to be the church Sunday through Saturday. Every day, God wants you to be in relationship with him so that you can fellowship together. Here's the issue. Sin causes a broken fellowship. So God doesn't want his church to sin. Let me tell you how sin works. If you look at sin too long, it will lure you in. All eyes on where? If you keep your eyes on God, sin can never overtake you. Because sin has no place. Because you're focused on God, and no matter what the enemy does, he can never, ever distract you to do anything out of the will of God. What happens to make us sin is we take our eyes off of God. Either you take them off of God with your heart, with your soul. But we learn tonight that we have all utterance. We have every gift. And we have the knowledge of God. So why would we want to operate in the knowledge of ourselves 
God is faithful. He's faithful. He wanted fellowship with you. So no matter what happens, if you break fellowship, he will break you just to get you back in fellowship with him. Can I get a witness in here? <laughs> so God wants fellowship and really not a Let me tell you something about God's gift. God's gift is more powerful than you. And, and, I, and I look at how awesome God is when he gives us an institution of family. Notice that before he started the faith, he started the And so I look at the family structure. And I thought about how I grew up. And I always had to follow the order of the house. In other words, my mom and dad taught me to follow their instructions, and I and I was going to be obedient. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, you might be. You were going to obey me, Felix, one way, and I got a whole lot of whooping. Because I wanted to do it my way. And every time they brought me back to say, you're my son, and you're going to do it my way. So God teaches us. And every time I did it their way, it pleased them. God wanted fellowship with us for his and when we obey him it pleased them so much that I could ask them for stuff and they would go and get it when we're in the obedience of God you don't even got to ask him for stuff. It's, it's because of this fellowship. It unlocks the doors all that God And we, we listen, culture what's going on with other people. We've adapted to culture. We entertain people and their ways, make compromises. And that's a disconnection of the fellowship. God wants you in relationship because when you're in relationship with him, you connect And whatever is out there, if your relationship is pure with him and he has everything, he will stretch you out to reach the ones that seem unreachable. God 
He wants to use you. He wants to use you powerfully. When you're walking in a wonder with God, his power flows through you. God, it's more than God just wants you to open. God just wants me to do, oh, he just want to make my life hard. He know I got desires. God said, I'll give you new desires. Your desires cause destruction. My desires cause blessing. I want to give you the best of the best. So Paul said, the gentleness. You're so gifted that you can utter. You don't even have to get the words out. You're so gifted you can utter and God will hear you. Can't even get the words together. That's how gifted you are. His spirit is just connected to you. He says, love me. He said, love me. Let my gift the power of God is as we embrace and don't take our eyes off. And here's what we do. We prayed and I was speaking in the sermon on Easter Sunday. I don't know why God had me go there, but on Easter Sunday, we were talking about what Adam and Eve done. I always want to blame somebody for what you do. You can, listen, don't let nobody change who God made you to be. How are you going to give that much? That's, that's called idol worship. Culture. Listen, in the name of Jesus, we're breaking the culture that's been on the church. And we're taking on the kingdom culture. We are in the kingdom of God. And whatever the world's doing, I don't have nothing to do with that. Our eyes are on God. If our eyes are on God, we can walk into the atmosphere and change what the world is doing. Amen? Give God a hand of praise for being faithful.